get salespeople saying after demo calls that, oh, they were super excited, uh, they love our product. And then if you ask them, like, so are we going to sell them or are we going to close them? You were like, well, you know, the closing wasn't that good. So, so the closing, um, I have, again, like another structure for this one. All right. Welcome to the Full Funnel Marketing Podcast. Today, I'm here together with Juraj Zamborski, Head of Sales of Contentino. Like, welcome, by the way. Um, tell us about Contentino and how did it get started? Mm -hmm. So I would say, or I, I would like to share my personal story, how I joined Contentino and then a little bit about the company. Yeah. Um, so three years ago, I was doing my internship in California, in, in, in San Diego. And I got back from, from California, which was, you know, like pretty strange, right? Why would you come back from California? Why I wouldn't stay there? Um, but I had this opportunity to actually join a marketing agency, one of the best in Slovakia and Czech Republic. Um, so I had a conversation with the CEO and he, he told me about all the possibilities in the company, in the agency. And I, none of those I found interesting enough. But then he said, like, I have the very last option for you. Um, and that is Contentino. And I was like, well... I've heard about it before, but tell me more. And he said, well, this is one of the internal projects that we, we had. And last year, um, we decided to go on the market. We have like first five clients and the guys are kind of like starting with sales and marketing. So it would be good if you can talk to them and, and see how you can fit into the, into the team. Um, and yeah, th that's how I started. And basically after two years, we grew from internal project or internal um, tool into something which is used over or used by over thousand agencies and brands from more than 50 countries around the, around the globe. Awesome. So basically to position yourself, you guys are more into the transactional and the self-service. You're not working with big enterprises or not most of them. They're transactional. You still have the inside sales or you have people just signing up and using the tool without you guys touching it. You basically covered the combination of that. So it's, uh, it's, it's basic, basically people coming in signing up for the trial, testing the product, and we have some which are, let's say, the high end or, or kind of like a greater yeah. potential. So those are the ones that we are trying to have the inside sales calls or demo calls, um, and the rest is basically self-served. So that's where to start. Yeah. And so the first question for you guys would be, so for an acquisition part, you started with LinkedIn. Uh, you were doing some LinkedIn outbound and calling people up. Uh, what's your experience there and what made you change going to like producing content on LinkedIn? Because mm -hmm. I saw that you were starting to produce really good content. Mm -hmm. What was the mind shift? Mm -hmm. I mean, in, in Contentino, uh, we were not doing beforehand like LinkedIn at all. Yeah. Um, we we're mostly focusing on Facebook because that, 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 that works because that's where we have the target audience. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the LinkedIn, we we just like we never had any, let's say, experiment with outbound so I, I simply decided to to do this experiment for like two months let's say uh, one month and a half and uh, and yeah I, I simply decided to to reach out to um, social media managers or agency owners over LinkedIn um, so that was kind of like cold outreach where um, I was simply asking them like I'm doing this research about like how we plan social media and uh, most of the people say that you plan it with Excel sheets blah 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 um, and is it actually the same? Uh, and a lot, lots of people actually responded to me. Uh, but then when, when I tried to move the conversation forward in terms of like what kind of Which problems I have, et cetera, blah, 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 um, 
I would say it kind of worked, uh, but the time I spent on it uh, and the conversations or, or the value that we got from the from the conversions uh, wasn't that worth to actually spend that much time on it. Yeah. Um, so I kind of shift my mind around and I told myself that I'll I'll play the the, the long term game and I'll try to create uh, like valuable content. And what's actually great or interesting enough for me is that. I basically build the audience firstly by yeah, the, by doing by, the by, by doing the, the outbound. Uh, so now producing content is I'm, I'm getting way better results as I would just really start from scratch because you have the right audience exactly. already yeah. inside yeah. that. And but how how much did you learn from the outbound? Because I think like you were asking questions instead of like saying hey would you buy from me? Mm -hmm. You were asking questions, qualifying basically. Yep. But also I think you learned a lot from mm -hmm. like the outbound game, but also what people are using basically. Yeah, well, I would say the main learning was uh, for for the salesperson like myself uh, was simply how to handle objections because yeah. if you if you are doing the the cold outreach and people don't really know about you um, and they they start really thinking that oh this guy is trying to sell me something well even while asking questions they they start to have this in in their mind um, I would say like once you really learn how to overcome those objections in the outbound. It's way easier to overcome objections in the inbound because yeah. people are actually step ahead because they know you, they they're aware of you, and the very last step is just to trust you in order to buy from you. Yeah, basically. So you also work with the principal people, buy from people they know, like and trust. trust. Yeah, awesome. Um, in terms of like retention and revenue, basically, maybe first about uh, retention mm -hmm. as well. Uh, so I remember us walking in Dublin, going to Sastok, which was amazing. Was it going to? Sastok, or was it walking from the Sastok? Uh, I think it was going to Sastok. <laughs> Not sure, actually. <laughs> That's a conversation for later, but I think it was to Sastok. And I remember you talking. I actually remember the corner we were speaking. Yeah, it was on a corner, and we were talking about mm -hmm. you sending a personalized videos mm -hmm. to people that just bought uh, not the like most cheapest plan, but a little bit more expensive plan. Yep. You would send them an email. Asking them for a review, basically, yeah. or just you know walking them through and saying happy birthday or thank you for signing up. Yeah. Walk us through what, what you learned and why, like why you did this. Mm -hmm. um, I got inspired to do something like this uh, actually from Sujan Patel. Uh, mm -hmm. He's he's using kind of different approach. He's basically sending like really tangible postcards signed by the sales per person that actually closed the deal. So I was looking into a way how to do it. In sort of similar way, very personal, but not that expensive. Let's say in terms of the cost and the time you spend on it. Um, so, so yeah, like like you said, once we we get the email that we have a new paying customer, uh, we, we get we, an email or like yeah, Slack. we have we have actually uh, this is actually a good tip for 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 guys who are listening and, and watching this video. Um, if if you are thinking of motivating your sales team. The great thing, I mean, or even your team in general, the, the great thing to do is just to simply do this kind of like little happy gift which you put in the email once someone actually uh, signs up, signs up buys, buys, buys a plan. And we have like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, from the Wolf of Wall Street actually <laughs> like uh, cheering for you. So uh, so, so that, uh, th that that's great for motivating the team even so more. So everybody gets an email saying yeah, yeah, yeah. new people yeah, signed up the yeah, plan, yeah, this is yeah. the guy. Yeah, and we're like singing in the company like, hey, we have a new client, blah, blah. Do you like ring a bell or something? Uh, no, yeah, we don't have it. <laughs> but I know companies who actually has a disco ball, which is like lighting uh, <laughs> once you have a new client. But, but going, back to your, going back to your question, uh, yeah, so I was looking into a way how I can do that in a very personal way. 
but not spending that much time on it. So I simply record myself in like a 30 seconds video telling them that I'm really excited about working with them and I'm looking forward to like seeing them actually growing over time because that's what we see with uh, agencies using our tool that basically in like six months they are able to acquire or double the amount of clients that they are capable of uh, of, of managing. So so I, I simply say something like this and uh, also in the email which I'm sending, uh, which includes the video, uh, I'm also mentioning like if you would like to share the uh, your your opinion or your experience with Contentino, please go to this link and share it on Captera or, or G2 Crowd. So um, if you are actually asking for a review, I would say like that's the best time to do it because, well, either you help your customer or they have amazing experience and they decided to purchase to your product. So they're more willing to give you that review. And it, and it worked uh, pretty well. And you had an interesting insight, statistics basically, mm -hmm. that how much percent was it that people wanted to give a review, but actually people don't ask, or mm -hmm. companies don't ask? May I might be wrong with the, with the number or exact number, but uh, it's not important. Uh, according to HubSpot sales report, I think that was that was the one, the, the source, uh, around like 90% of, of customers um, said that they're actually willing to give a review or testimonial for if they have a good experience, mm -hmm. but only 15% of salespeople or companies are actually asking for the review. So there is like a huge gap yeah. between that and uh, yeah, probably companies should ask more for for positive reviews and, and feedback. So one tip you would say if they, you know, if you're more into transactional, you have the budget to actually, you know, just send them over a video, which takes you what half a minute, one minute, thirty seconds, thirty not seconds. Even, not even that. Yeah. You send them a message and saying, "Hey, here's a Captera that will already also help you with the acquisition of new clients." Basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And coming back to the revenue, because we spoke uh, in Prague after mm -hmm. a workshop here in Prague, um, you were talking about you changing the pricing model. Mm -hmm. And also how that changed the behavior and that mm -hmm. you thought it was going to increase the monthly recurring revenue, but it changed the behavior of the clients. Walk me through like what happened there. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to go really in, into details, but uh, like simply beforehand, we used to have two main factors which were actually influ influencing the, the package which you are in. So the first one was number of social media profiles which you have connected and also number of, of users which you have in your account. And basically, uh, in comparison with the rest of comp competitors, I would say, um, we, we had a different approach in terms of um, the ratio. Uh, in other words, um, we used to have, let's say, 20 social media profiles and 40 user access uh, in, into the tool. So the, the number of users were, were, was always as, as two times greater than the number of profiles. Um, and now we basically decided to to leave the social media profiles, the pages, you know, like Facebook, Instagram, etc., and only uh, influence the pricing or, or or look at the number of users which are in the package. Yeah. So up to ten, up to twenty, up to thirty. And what actually happened? We were kind of expecting that since we're increasing the price point per user, and we we got so many companies actually having over I don't know like eighty users in in the account. We we thought that oh well this this will be great because suddenly oh, the, the, the we're gonna get a three times greater revenue. Um, we actually got a nice peak of the revenue at the month when we were changing, but the reason for that was simply that people decided to lock in the old pricing, and some switched over to the new one because it was not that different from the one which they had before. Um, so yeah, so one great learning from this one is that basically. People, um, 
people change their behavior or users change their behavior uh, in terms of how they use the tool. Because as we had before, like the accounts were open for more people to have uh, in Contentino. Now they were kind of reducing the number so they're in the certain package. Uh, and, and we, like in January, we also had the round of success calls and we, we figured this out that it was kind of like a recurring issue um, when we ask, like, is everyone using Contentino in your organization? Is everyone from your clients actually using Contentino? And they said, not everyone, because the ones that didn't see that much value or the, let's say, 100% value, we decided to leave them so that we're, so, so we're in, in, the, in the lower package. And that was like a great learning that we have now. So we're, again, thinking of changing the pricing model. So, uh, yeah, so that we're kind of like moving uh, in the good good direction. It's basically your your USP for Contentino is collaboration, yep. making sure that people collaborate for the social media posting and everything. And now you've actually cut that out because Absolutely. less people are using it, so you cut the less collaboration yep. by changing the pricing, basically. Yep, and that's actually completely against, like you said, our USP. So, so uh, yeah, that's why we're changing or will change pricing in, in a very short time. Which is awesome to understand that the pricing can change the behavior of people using it. And you thought that you were going to get more revenue, but actually you changed the behavior of how people use the app yep. or website. Well, that, that's the thing that you should always take for granted whenever you think about the pricing. Like what's the, what's the value criteria or, or the, the, yeah, the value factor uh, mm -hmm. Of your tool, basically. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think the aha moment for people that come in is like, oh, wow, I can collaborate with my designers. I can collaborate with, uh, you know, the content people. Mm -hmm. uh, that's USP. And now the pricing actually changed that and made sure that that didn't happen anymore. Yep. There you go. I also wanted to ask you a question about churn. Like, how this is one of the biggest problems for, like, SaaS companies, which, mm -hmm. like, is churn. How do you guys handle churn or churning customers? Or how do you predict that they're going to churn? Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, obviously, uh, there is uh, continuous support that we provide, uh, and that is sort of a way to, to prevent churn because we're always having these personal touch points and conversations. But I would mention one, um, one big thing that we always do uh, every four months uh, when we have time, but we're trying to have this uh, done in a very processed way, and that, that's basically uh, the full month full of success calls. As we call them, um, and these are about um, calling the the top customers, or I mean the among the paid ones, the top ones, um, and asking a couple of questions about their experience with, with Contentino, how it's, the tool is actually helping them, uh, whether they found something difficult while using it. So we're also like understanding like how they use the product, if it's uh, designed the right way or a bad way. And then talking about like, is everyone using the tool uh, from your organization and also from the client side? So we're kind of like understanding. Uh, so you have like a mini survey or something. Like yeah, that. well, we have a structure for the call. And then also we, we tell about our plans in the future. So that's something that gets them really excited. Uh, and I mean, we're also think or asking if there are some organizational, let's say, uh, shifts or changes that are happening. So we know that there is a new admin coming in or a new person in the organization that has to become a lover of our tool. Otherwise, uh, if he's a lover of something else, that they will probably switch and churn. Um, so that's one thing. And another one is basically whenever we see someone who's actually using our tool uh, quite often and suddenly they, let's say, start deleting uh, a majority of social media profiles, 
uh, our success team or support team is immediately reaching out to them. So they have either email template or they're calling straight if it's really urgent. So asking like, uh, what's happening? Uh, are you guys are just deleting the account? And, you know, sometimes we hear that, yeah, we lost a client uh, and now we're just waiting for a new one. So that's why we were cleaning content, you know, from these profiles, but we're still waiting. We're still um, still Great with you, still still with you. So no worries about that. But some, sometimes um, we, yeah, we hear that we lost the client or we stopped doing um, digital marketing um, and we just need to wait for a new client coming in. So what we do then is just simply schedule uh, an email which goes straight to their inbox uh, after three months asking. So you already have that scheduled. Done. Three months ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll do it right away because otherwise I would, I would, I would forget about it. Um, and I also what I write in the email, what I state in the email, like uh, did anything change on your end? And these are the updates that we did. Um, and. I would love to come you back or something like that. that that's what do you think. put people like in a sequence when they you know that they might use it again or they churn a little bit and do you put them into a sequence to get them back maybe in two, three, four months? Or is that the email that you send three months later? It, it's my email, but apart from that, we, we obviously send out like updates about the tool, um, updates from our blog. So whatever we write, something interesting, something relevant for them, they're still they're still seeing it. And we also have the Facebook group, uh, which we recently started. So uh, we're trying to get our users into the group. So they're constantly giving, uh, getting some valuable content uh, from the social media uh, world. Um, so yeah, we're, we're still trying to be present in their mind. When do you put them into the group? Is it when they sign up? Is it when they have a bigger package? When do you invite them to the Facebook group? Uh, well, I'm trying to invite people actually to the group anytime, anytime I do a follow-up. Uh, and there is no specific case where I would say like this is the paid customer, so I would send it to, and this is not paying customer, so I wouldn't send it to. I basically do that with uh, with everyone I haven't invited yet, uh, and I use it as sort of like a value which I can provide in my follow up. Um, in other words, um, I'm not simply or I'm not only sending them follow up like, uh, hey guys, I haven't got any response from you last time. Uh, did you read my email? Can you please get back to me? Uh, I'm, I'm still adding something like, hey, by the way, this is the Facebook group that we started. If you are not going to use Contentino again, at least you can go to this group and, and see the add relevant value. Uh, add some value out of it. Or if I'm in, in the process of getting new client and they're kind of like testing, uh, testing Contentino, I'm like, great, you have, I'm, it's great that you guys have great experience with Contentino. By the way, this is the group which you can also join that we're creating content uh, and you can share it with your team. So, so it's kind of Contentino is becoming more popular among everyone in yeah. the organization. So you're building a top of like a value on top of the technology because yeah. technology is just a means to an end, but it's not like, you know, it's not the solution. It just, you know, a way to help you do the job a little better, yeah. but you still need the process and the teams yeah. and the people around. Exactly. Exactly. And the Facebook group is just a value on top of the technology, basically. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and I mean, the way we're, we're communicating this is always like uh, that we understand your problems because we used to be an agency as yeah. well. We are basically the same guys as you are. And we're also we're experts because uh, we're following the social media trends. So that's also another reason why we're communicating in, in a very personal way, very friendly way. And... If there would be like one, let's say, vision that we have is is just to simply build the most human-friendly social media tool out there. Yeah. And how much did it help in product development and acquiring customers if you were solving your own problem? 
because basically the guys started with an agency and now they're solving their own problem. Mm -hmm. uh, how did it help in the customer acquisition and the building the product? Mm -hmm. How did that help? Mm -hmm. I, I would say in comparison with a typical um, venture building where you need to start with the validation of, of the problem and understanding really your, your, your ideal customer profile, like what kind of problems they're trying to get resolved, we immediately shifted to, like we had the market product fit almost immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, we we're kind of like playing around with uh, the USB and, and what, this, what will be the communication around it. Um, so that was the biggest impact that we really shifted uh, or, or, or shortcut uh, the validation phase. And, and we even used it for, for closing deals that we said that we basically build the tool for our own needs. And those needs are quite similar what you guys have, because my experience is that 90% of agencies out there are actually having quite similar process. So it's really easy to tell them that, well, this framework or this process workflow, which you guys have, it's quite similar to so many agencies out there. And this is how we help them. And you guys can, can, can see the, the, the same impact. So yeah, makes sense. Um, I know in the last webinar, you were talking about demo calls and how you structure your demo calls. What could you walk us through the process of how you run your demo calls? Mm -hmm. So I would start with the main principle, which I'm trying to always follow uh, in my demo calls. And that is the structure is way more important than the script. There's one simple reason for that. If you have a certain structure that you follow, you're, it's a lot easier for you to actually customize it based on what the other person is talking, uh, is talking to you or what kind of issues they have and how you can customize your demo based on their needs. Whereas if you have only the script, you're basically, you, you sound like a robot and, and you're, you're getting the other person on the other side being really tired of what you're talking about because you have the script. And that's the, main that, that's the main point. Like if the person on the other side after 30 minutes of talking to you will be like a zombie which wants to leave, that wants to leave um, the room and, and run away or they're ready to buy from you and have money in their pockets. Makes sense. And so what is the process that you use for your internally on how you structure the mm -hmm. demo calls? So I have basically four main parts, which how I structure my demo calls. Uh, I would say that I, um, it's, it's not a rocket science, but uh, each part is, is very important. And uh, I try to always relate back to that structure. So the first, first thing I always start with is the opening, right? So the first five minutes in the demo, I, I spend on asking questions, open questions. Um, uh, about like what's their process, I relate back to the discovery call. So uh, I have enough information to understand, to show the product, the content in the right way, more the most customizable, customizable way as possible. Um, so once we're done with this opening part, where I understand the context uh, of what they're looking for, needs, this. problems, yeah. uh, etc., the whole workflow, um, I move to the part which I call story bridge. And story bridge is something between the opening and the product demo. And basically the story bridge is something or, or the part where I tell them or I speak about their world before using Contentino and then after uh, using Contentino or the, yeah. their world uh, after um, they started using Contentino. The um, promised land where the they promi reach. The promised land, yeah. And I always relate back to what they told me in the opening. So telling them, I really understand your problems because we also went through it as an agency and this is how you can get it resolved and this is the impact that you can expect from it. Yeah. And when I'm done with this story bridge, uh, because everyone loves stories, right? Uh, you tell about uh, like how we started. 
then I moved to the product demo and I tried to keep it around like 15, 15 minutes long. And I focus on the most important things, which, um, which I consider um, uh, as the most impactful ones they really need to see. Uh, so it really depends on, uh, on the prospect or the lead on the other side. Uh, but I follow a certain structure, like this is the typical workflow that you guys need to use. This is what 90% of the agencies are, are doing. So I really recommend you to following the kind of like follow the same workflow. Mm. Um, so we're done with this part. Uh, I don't show everything because big mistake uh, a lot of salespeople are just doing is they misunderstand the demo call with the product training. So they go over every single button. This is what happens when you click here. Now you're just waiting for the spinning wheel because the, the internet connection is very slow, right? So, so that's completely wrong. I'll try to keep it very short. Um, and then uh, when it comes to closing, closing is as important as uh, the opening story bridge as well as the product demo, uh, because that's where all the demo calls actually fail with with the closing, because uh, you you get salespeople saying after demo calls that oh they were super excited, uh, they love our product, and then if you ask them like so, are we going to sell them or are we going to close them? You were like well you know the closing wasn't that good so. So the closing, um, I have again like another structure for this one. Uh, so firstly, I ask like, what is your impression uh, about Contentino? What do you think? Um, so I let them speak, right? I, I take notes. Uh, those notes are really important for the email follow-up, right? Because I yeah. again emphasize what they found the most valuable and most interesting for for their needs. Um, and I ask simply like, is there anything in particular that you see that would stop you from using Contentino right now? Uh, so, so this is a question that helps you to understand like what kind of process has to be there um, uh, afterwards. Like if they have to just just test it firstly, or if they have to you know show it to someone from the team, like someone another decision yeah, maker. Yeah, another decision maker. Um, so you kind of like uh, understand like what can be the follow up, um, and and based on that, you 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 simply agree on additional step. Because as I as I say many times, uh, we're making on average around like thirty thousand decisions every single day, including like scrolling down your feed on LinkedIn or Facebook. Yeah. So if you if you can if you can um, mitigate uh, the amount of decisions that your prospect or lead is is doing, is actually better for them. So what I do, I simply suggest that would it make sense to have another call, like a check call, after you guys are testing for the first week? Let's have it next week, the same time as we had it today. Super easy for the for them to arrange it. Uh, and once I have it, I really make sure that uh, they have the promise or confirmation that we are actually going to test it and and tell you our feedback afterwards. Which is super important that you actually yeah. fix that date. Otherwise, yeah. like let's see how it goes, and then if there's no like follow up, like follow up structure. Lose them, that, that's another mistake, which is not only happening in, in demo calls, but in, in sales in general, that you're basically leaving the ball on their side of the playground or the pitch. Uh, but you as the salesperson should be the one who's in control of the whole process. That's the same thing with sending proposals and just waiting, uh, waiting on them to, to respond on, on those proposals uh, or, or the demo calls or any other case. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And I... Could imagine that you started off doing demo calls in, I would say, the wrong way, and mm -hmm. then you kind of learned your, you know, the good way of yep. doing the four-step process. Yep. What is a particular moment in your life that changed the mindset on how you see sales or how you do sales, mm -hmm. basically? That's that's a good question, actually. Um, um, I wouldn't say like right off 
after I started working content, you know, it was perfect, obviously. I needed to make a lot of mistakes and learn by myself. Uh, but the moment I, I remember um, that kind of like rings the bell uh, in my head that this was the moment when I realized that I can actually close greater deals and I can do it in a perfect way almost um, was uh, the moment when I started having conversation with one big client from, from Netherlands. It's like a, a global brand which operates in more than uh, 80 countries. And we started this process of like how we can get actually content, you know, to not only to headquarters, but to all the 80 locations um, and to set the process for getting everyone onboarding in a very smooth way. And I basically um, created the whole process and some suggestions, like how we can get you from point A to the point B, where all your locations or, or, or let's say regional managers are actually in Contentino, in that structure and using it and getting that value. Um, so the mind shift or, or the my mind simply changed uh, in a way that I realized that when you sell a product, it's not about actually the product itself because it's just the product, uh, which is improving something, but it's also yourself who's providing some consultancy and some help to the, uh, to the prospect or your lead to walk them actually from point A to point B yeah. with the product playing the main role in it. Um, so that was, that, was the, that was the time I realized that if I'm actually selling something, I should always think of like personally what I can actually offer them as as a person as Uri, uh rather than just just the product itself. So you're trying to sell yourself together with the product yep. and that expertise that comes with it. Exactly. Because and basically you're just selling technology. Yep. Technology doesn't solve the problem. It's how they use the technology, how they build the process around using the technology that matters basically. That's what we discussed like the the firstly you need to have people, process and then the technology comes in. Uh, and just just going back to this one, uh, uh, yeah, like if if you if you have a client and you 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 are telling them like you you have already walked other other agencies or brands in a similar industry through the process, you're showing that you're giving them proof that you're the expert and they can help them to again get from point A to point B. Because basically, that's the important thing. It's not only about like this technology can help you, but also here's the step-by-step -step process that you're going to go through with your people. And that's where the context of that demo call comes in. So you yep. can walk them through that process. Yep, exactly. And do you have like templates ready for that? Do you have like certain things that can help them and say, here is what you will walk through and this is the setup that you'll have to have? Yep. Well, I'm working with templates and the, the, in a structured way. So uh, I have different templates uh, in presentations and also in, in email follow-ups mm. or even in calls where I say like, this is the the best way how we can approach it based on in what stage they're currently in. So, yeah. What what stage could it be? Like, what's the defined stages that you could be in as a customer of Contentino? That might be, for instance, you're a brand which is uh, thinking of actually expanding uh, globally to different locations. Yeah. And you're just thinking, like, what can be the best way to actually distribute the content across those countries? Um, so the first thing that comes to your mind is simply to have one uh, Google Drive where you share all the content and all the countries or managers from those countries will simply download it. Yeah. Um, so the first step in the process is to understand like who's involved in it, like what stakeholders and people are supposed to use Contentino. Uh, so you get the full list of people who are supposed to use it. Then you define like what kind of positions and roles they need to have. So that's something that it's on their side, these mm -hmm. kind of internal discussions. Um, and I provide some advice, like what could be the best way to set it up. 
Um, so I help them to set up the account, right? Uh, um, I, I provide them with some, let's say, demo content so they can see immediately how how it works and how it's shown. Uh, and then I tell them that let's arrange a call with with a couple of uh, regional managers that you consider the, the the most probable ones to shift to this new organizational structure, let's say. Mm. Um, and once we see that this is actually working with them, we can take that example and roll out this to other um, countries and other offices. So you try to start very small, which uh, yep. makes a lot of sense that yep. you start very small, succeed there, and then learn from there, and then build... Expand on it, yeah, scale expand on that. Yep. And do you help them expand, or is it something that you expect them to do, or is it something you help them? If, they're in, if they need any help with like uh, how we should set it up, I always provide some help or consultancy, like quick call. Um, but since our tool is so simple to, to onboard people, um, there, there is no extra need for actually convincing them like how you should set it up. Um, you do it by yourself, actually. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much, Juraj. I appreciate you being here in Prague and then I'll see you in the next episode. See you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Full Funnel Marketing Podcast. Subscribe if you like to see more interviews with executives and thought leaders discussing topics on how to grow your B2B SaaS company with Full Funnel Marketing. Hope to see you at our next podcast.